what does the profession look like? What needs to happen? And the interesting discussion that occurred was when we got to the point of, well, what are accounting services? We actually decided to remove them from the definition of how we were looking at the profession. Because at that time, probably still today, most people think of it, it's audit, it's tax, it's bookkeeping. But really, when you look at it, for example, in tax, in wealth management, it's not the tax return that you have to come to us for, because you can get any EA, even right now, kind of Joe Schmo off the street can do your tax return. So what are you really coming to us for? And it's more of this advisory type of services. And so that was one of the big things from that, from that study that they did that said, you know what, it's the shift to advisory services, uh, which includes wealth management, tax planning, right? Investment management. These are all the things we do. And again, it comes back to, we help people make those better decisions so that they can achieve their dreams so that they can achieve their goals. Welcome to AFO Wealth Management Forward, a podcast about finance, accounting, technology, and entrepreneurship. We apply our decades worth of experience and insight into what makes businesses work so we can help others grow both personally and professionally. In this ever-evolving marketplace, we help accounting firms and financial advisors grow their practice through the adoption of holistic wealth management services. Learn from industry leaders and subject matter experts to unlock the secrets of their success. A podcast that shows people and companies the transformative power of technology so they don't fear it, but instead harness it. Don't fight the robots, team up with them. And here are your hosts, Rory Henry, Director of Business Development and CEO Rob Santos of Arrowroot Family Office. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest. He is the Managing Director at Enterprise Technologies and also leads the Center of Accounting Transformation, which guides professionals through the adoption and change required to step into the future of accounting. He holds the designations of CPA, CGMA, and CITP, and is the current AICP Chair for the National Conference of Lawyers and CPAs. Because he's someone who is at the forefront of technology innovation, I know Rob and I are very excited to gain his insights. With all that being said, let me introduce our guest, Donnie Shimamoto. Donnie, thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Welcome, Donnie. I see you went to University of Hawaii. I did uh, attend University of Hawaii one summer <laughs> college and lived in Manoa. Uh, so very familiar with uh, Manoa, most particularly Magoo's, uh, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the thing. But that's aside. Uh, you know, just to start things off, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and the Center for Accounting Transformation? Sure. So I, I often describe myself as the non-traditional CPA because I don't do audit tax or bookkeeping. Uh, then everyone always goes, well, what are you, how are you still a CPA? Uh, I do what I think all of us do as accountants, which is really to help people make better decisions and help our clients. So whether that's an individual, whether that's a business, that's really what we're helping do. And uh, for me, I do it in two areas. One is around innovation. So technology, like you introduced, but also changes to business practices. And so there you see the tie back more into the accounting realm. The other side of what I do is risk management. And so that's where, if we look at technology, that's gonna be cybersecurity and it's the controls and managing risk around um, whatever may be happening in the business. Uh, so that's the, that's again, kind of the CPA hat. My background actually comes from the audit side. So you see that playing itself in the risk management piece. And it's, it's really been my mission to really help accountants uh, really help their clients, again, whether it's individual or business, 
really be more successful. And so however we can help them in, adopt these innovations as well as manage their risk and balance that out, that's what I'm here to do. To really help to do that, we've actually dedicated an entire team and that is our Center for Accounting Transformation where we're trying to actually teach accountants how do you actually work with these innovations and how do you balance that with risk so that you have a holistic approach to growing your firm and your practice so you can better serve your clients. Yeah, it makes total sense. I know you've referenced that you are the chief innovation officer, Donnie. Um, and to kind of dive into that, you know, I, I know most people think of, of accounting as bookkeeping and, and taxes. And there's actually a wider range of services that can be provided. Can you kind of describe what those services are? And then, you know, what's recently emerged as, uh, as far as service offerings go uh, that innovative firms are adopting? You know, I think a lot of this ties really back to even what, what you guys do, because it's really thinking back to going, it's going back beyond traditional services and or compliance services. So the, the first thing I always think about, and actually I'll, I'll take you back to uh, 2012. I was on the AICPA's advisory board for the CPA Horizons project. And what the CPA Horizons project sought to do was it's called CPA Horizons 2025. If you Google that, you'll see some information come up. But what we were trying to do in 2012 was to say 13 years from now, which we're actually almost there, <laughs> we're four years away, what does the profession look like? What needs to happen? And the interesting discussion that occurred was when we got to the point of, well, what are accounting services? We actually decided to remove them from the definition of how we were looking at the profession because at that time, probably still today, most people think of it, it's audit, it's tax, it's bookkeeping. But really, when you look at it, for example, in tax, in wealth management, it's not the tax return that you have to come to us for. Because you can get any EA, even right now, kind of Joe Schmo off the street can do your tax return. So what are you really coming to us for? And it's more of this advisory type of services. And so that was one of the big things from that, from that study that they did that said, you know what, it's the shift to advisory services. Uh, which includes wealth management, tax planning, right? Investment management. These are all the things we do. And again, it comes back to, we help people make those better decisions so that they can achieve their dreams so that they can achieve their goals. That's amazing. And, you know, we have the privilege to work with a lot of entrepreneurs out there, you know, on the service business, on the tech side, um, all, all across. So we love origin stories. So, you know, what was the real, you know, what was the real inspiration for you launch, launching Center for Accounting Transformation? And, you know, what was that kind of origin story for you? Uh, for me, it was, you know, I'm actually one of the few uh, accountants that does, that works in this area, um, particularly because we work with small and mid-sized businesses and small and mid-sized firms. And most of the consultants in, in this area work with larger, like top 100 firms, you know, working with big companies. But fundamentally, I believe that it's, those of us that are serving small business, that are serving, you know, the, the middle class rather than just the top 100, helping them to build their wealth, helping them to build their success in business. We're the ones that power the small business economy. And that they are the ones that really needed the support. The pandemic made that even more apparent with PPP, IEIDL, how do I choose between these things, right? Now we're looking at the, how do I get forgiveness? How do I... Um, do I take this uh, paycheck, right? The, the credits, like all this stuff is coming up. And so we really saw the need over the last year 
that there really needed to be a dedicated effort, one, to help get rid of all of this min mundane work that is just busy work. The, again, the basic tax return, the basic bookkeeping type stuff. And we the answer to that is a mix of both automation or technology and outsourcing. So that's, for example, one of the great themes we're looking at. And the other reason we started the center, we realized that for us, you know, consulting was the first thing where advisory, we help people learn to do this. But mentioned earlier, there's only so many of us out there. And so we realized we could not scale doing it all on our own. So we shifted to an education model. We want to teach accountants to be able to be successful, to guide themselves through these digital transformations so that they can tailor it, they can do it on their own. And hopefully what we're really hoping is that they can learn to do this and do it with their clients because then our ability to transform the world and improve the world really expands greatly. Yeah, that's great. I mean, our tagline here, Donnie, is don't fight the robots, team up with them. <laughs> Love it. So <laughs> we, we utilize technology, you know, in, in collaboration to provide better services to our clients. And I always go back to this issue. And I've talked about it with, with Dan Hood and, and, and Seth Feinberg. And yeah, I think the profession really has some of a branding issue. And it seems like you are leading that transformation towards the, that future-facing advisor. You know, from a marketing perspective, you know, if you're a smaller mid-sized firm, if you're an accountant, you're trying to get your market yourselves, what can you do in today's marketplace uh, to kind of get your name out there and show your, your clients or your potential clients that you are that future-facing advisor? That's a really interesting question. And I'm not a marketing person. So, I, I, you know, for me, I feel like, am I really qualified to give this advice? Um, but I, I'll share what I think has made me successful. So you mentioned kind of going back to an origin story. Uh, I, I consider myself one of the success in the profession because I come from mid-class. I went to public high school. I went University of Hawaii state-run institution, right? I was able to go through all this, ended up working for a big four, left the big four, started my own firm at uh, the age of 25. And from there, um, you know, now I'm internationally recognized. Um, one of the top 100 in, in our nation, one of the top 100 influencers in our nation, one of the top five thought leaders in our thing. It's, it's really, I think about finding what you're passionate about. And I also think it's really about being genuine. And so when I always talk to people about, you know, how should you market, people can tell when you're fake. So figure out what can you be passionate about, truly passionate about, so that whatever it is they're doing, the customer, the client, that you can get excited as they are about it, right? And then how do you then narrow that and figure out what do they really need? And you'll see our firm, we switched. We used to market ourselves like every other firm. These are the services we can provide for you. This is what we can do. But we've really switched that to more of an emotional appeal. So now when people ask, so what do we do? And I tell them we do one of three things. We can help you get peace of mind. So I can actually help you be worried about cybersecurity, getting a data breach, right? Ransomware can help you evaluate those controls, those risks, figure out what things you need to do to mitigate them. If you're worried about, uh, is my business going to be in place? I had a client do that. Um, she came and she said, I don't know if I'm going to survive. And this was, this was pre-pandemic. Um, we went, well, let's talk about what you think your issues are. In the end, we figured out her issue was cash flow. Part of it was she didn't understand her cost basis. So we said, hey, let's get some good budgeting and planning tools in there to start to figure out where are your costs? Where are your drivers? How can you model better and understand what's happening? Right? So peace of mind, I think, is one. The other marketing um, angle, like, and all of these, I think all accountants can use. 
Uh, second one is really vision and clarity. So how do you get there? Like, wh where do you want to be and how do you get there? Management, I think, directly into this, right? What is your picture of success? Is it about your business? Is it I'm owning a home? Is it I've got my kids and I have their, enough money to pay for all of their future, right? And then the path of how the clarity comes from how do you get there? Well, you're going to put it in these investment funds. You're going to do these strategies, right? I'm going to all that whole financial planning piece is the clarity on how you're going to help them achieve that retirement that they want in, in retirement home and everything else that comes with it, right? So vision and clarity is the second thing. And then the third thing I really tell people, we're marketing hope. And a lot of people go, man, that sounds so hokey. Like you're, you're marketing hope. It, it almost makes us sound, like apologies if I offend anyone, makes us sound like a religion or a church, right? Because that's what they're kind of selling. Like, hey, there's, if things are going to get better. But if you think about what we're doing, whether it's the peace of mind, whether it's the vision and clarity, that is what we're doing is we're telling people there's hope for a better tomorrow. That's what we did when the pandemic came in. The business is going to survive. We're going to get you PPP. We're going to get you EIDL or your family's survive. We're going to figure out how to, we're going to help you get money without having to pay all these penalties out of your 401k, whatever it is, right? And here's how you need to adjust this plan because perhaps someone lost a job or there's other type of issues or have to have care of childcare. So all of these things really, to me, lead words, how do we help people be more successful? And if you can show them that, I tie that into that emotion of I can sleep better at, or I can see where I'm going. And so now I have clarity of what I need to do. That to me is the best way to market. I love all of that. That is incredible. You know, um, a lot of that aligns with what we're trying to do at AFO Wealth Management Forward, which is, you know, a lot of accountants that we talk to are so capable and doing a lot of this advice already, right? And they are more than capable of being able to learn some of these software solutions, some of these service providers that are out there that are really, really fantastic and utilize them to bring them in and build more of a family office model is what, is what we're calling, you know, move away from just compliance work, transactional focused stuff and build relationships, you know, authentic uh, you know, beautiful relationships that bring value to you and your firm at the same time. So a lot of that was really, really uh, reverberating uh, with us. You know, in that line, you, you know, wealth management has been coming into the accounting uh, world, uh, you know, much larger in the last five years. You know, what are you seeing in the marketplaces as far as uh, more firms providing more holistic approaches or incorporating wealth management or financial planning into their uh, service model? Yeah, that's, that's been one I think it's been, uh, we, I am seeing it. I'm seeing people talk about it, but I think it's been way slower than uh, we, any of us probably would expect it to be. You know, compared to some of the other um, areas when you're dealing with like a full business and we see the firms going in and trying to be like this entire business centers, uh, wealth management, whether you're dealing at the individual level or with the family office, to me, in a smaller scope, it's easier to get your hands around. There isn't as big of a diversity. But unfortunately, I don't, I don't see it as much as I think we should. I would turn that, though, into an opportunity for people who are trying to be more forward. Like, you want to get in ahead of the game. So you should, because the market is starting to catch up, you want to be part of this earlier wave 
that is coming in so that when your competitor is there and you're like, well, do you really want to work with them who just started or you want to work with me that's been doing this for four or five, 10 years? Yeah. And I've always referenced, you know, cloud accounting, um, that shift as far as the early adopters go um, to the early majority. And I think that's what we're seeing in the, in the wealth management space. And, and kind of shifting a little bit here, you know, we've had a, a number of different fintech providers, uh, founders, CEOs on the podcast. I know um, there's been a flood of VC money into the space with Jeff Bezos. I know uh, Blake Oliver and his podcast talks about uh, uh, the investment there. You know, what, what are you seeing as far as uh, this flow of VC-backed money and, and what are the effects is it having uh, here in the marketplace and on those small and mid-sized firms? I have to be honest, the VC money really worries me. Um, we've tried to work with some some startups that were accepting VC money and there's such a focus on market acquisition mm-hmm. and there isn't enough a focus of sustainability of the growth of the organization and they kind of feel like it's going to come afterwards. And I feel like we're starting to see it shake out as whether it's an acquisition that's occurring or we're starting to see some of these smaller players really not gain traction and not really move forward. So just anecdotally, that's kind of what I see there. It really worries me. When I turn into the investment world, I look at the trends in environmental, social and governance reporting or ESG reporting. And you see these statements coming out from um, these big funds like BlackRock, right? That are, that are managing it. It. And then there's articles that are also coming out saying that VCs are really not paying attention to these ESG concerns. So that doubly makes me worry because I'm looking at it going, are we sacrificing? Is the, are the VCs sacrificing profit and capital gain against these things? You know, And for people that are not familiar with ESG, it's not just our typical environmental and sustainability, it's also dealing with human capital issues safety, which the pandemic escalated, are, are they choosing people or profits over safety of, of people? Uh, and then it's also looking at just governance. How does the organization make decisions? And this is where I kind of started, where I've seen VCs, because they're so focused on marketing and market acquisition, that they're not paying attention to the bigger picture of the organization. So, uh, and then as I look at the, what the funds are doing, you're seeing that the, the these ESG funds are actually performing fairly well. So it's not like you have to choose one or the other. You can get profits and uh, better valuations and still take care of all of these different concerns. You know, it's shifting gears, but it, it ties into this in that, you know, CPA, you know, there's less uh, younger people taking the CPA exam. Uh, it, you know, there is a demographic shift obviously going on, not just in wealth management, but in the accounting world to try to recruit younger people into uh, the profession. You know, we really believe that this future facing model, a lot of the things that you're talking about and your team do and, and what we're trying to do at AFO Wealth Management Forward is a wonderful tool for firms to recruit and retain some of these younger people who can be tremendous assets for the firm. Uh, with going into the future, you know, could you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, what you think about how to be able to retain and recruit some of this younger talent to come into the profession? I'm so glad you brought both of those (laughs) concepts in because it's, it's definitely both. 
Uh, one on the recruitment, it's the question now is, does someone, whether they're just out of school or even whether they're, you know, a professional, there's been all this talk about, or experienced professional, I should say, there's all this talk about the great resignation. A lot of that's driven by, does your firm allow people to work remotely? And do they, and do they really, because you might, but if you're still making it where people have to end up having to come back into the office to do stuff, then it's kind of like putting that like that false front forward, mm -hmm. people are going to see through that really quickly and they'll just quit, which gets into then the retain piece, right? And how do I retain employees? It's much cheaper, much, much cheaper to continue to maintain and retain employees than it is to hire a new one. I think this, some of the studies I saw said it can cost up to three times as much of a person's yep. annual salary to actually yep. recruit a new one. And as we're seeing the talent pool shrink right now, it's becoming even more difficult to find people. So it's really about looking again at this holistic view of an organ of your, of your firm. And I like kind of using the ESG framework, like environmental, you know, to me, that's, are you paper less? And are you doing things that are not making it where I need to interact physically? Cause that's also going to drive technology adoption. If we look at the social aspects, what are you doing for employee wellness? What are you doing in terms of other benefits besides just pay? Um, even in our small firm, we also have things like where we can show appreciation to each other. Um, we have, we allow some socialization online as part of our meeting, our internal meetings, because we recognize that we're not in the office to have that bond, that bonding that may occur in the hallway or like on the way to the bathroom or in the kitchen. Right. And then the governance comes into play too. It's like the way that we make decisions. We try to create transparency, we involve people in our decision-making so that they can see what's happening, why we're doing something. We get their input. And in the end, we may not agree with their input, but at least we say, well, thank you. But this is why we decided to go this other direction. So it's really about looking at all of these things, which are the changes to the business practices that underlie and, and complement the technology changes of adopting remote meetings, of adopting paperless, of adopting all of these other types of technologies and automations. And having all that, you know, that's that's really what's going to help you recruit the new people and then retain the ones that you have. Yeah, and I and I go to, uh, uh, to the to this to this technology revolution that we're we're underway here and um, and tr retraining or training people on new technology solutions. I, I know there's uh, new apps, there's new technologies that come out every day, and this is what you specialize in, Donnie. You know, can you kind of talk about what you guys do when you when you work with firms out there? on how to adapt to these technological to technological advancements and, and how you can help people deal with the continual change? Sure, I, I think, you know, this is actually the question I get asked the most, like how do you keep up with this stuff? Yeah. And I think the most important thing is to look for patterns. So for example, when we went to the cloud, the cloud, if you look at it, is actually an evolution of the mainframe pattern because it's a big computing center with very limited cl uh, clients or the endpoints where you're accessing all of this computing storage. So it's actually an evolution of the computing center blockchain that everyone's talking about. Blockchain is an evolution of EDI and value-added networks. So there's, there's evolutions on things. And once you figure out what the pattern is, now I can start to say, okay, this is operating sort of in this way. What's different about it? And based upon what's different, how do I actually, um, how do I tweak from, or how do I use what I know about this older thing to now address this new thing? So to me, it's a matter of reframing. And part of it too, I also believe is fundamentally in 
your attitude towards it. It's a glass half full or glass half empty. Are you being driven by these changes? And if you keep thinking, Matt, everyone's making me do all this stuff. Everyone's making me use this technology. You're going to feel like you're not in control mm -hmm. and you're not going to right, feel very good about this. But if you think about it and go, okay, I've got this wave of change coming. What, how is it helping me? You know, automation is getting rid of all of this mundane work that really none of us really <laughs> like to do anyway, yeah. right? Like, I don't want to spend the time there booking debits and credits, whether it's in QuickBooks or whatever it is. I want to spend the time talking with the clients, yeah. talking with my business owners, talking with my people, right? About, okay, what is your future? How can we help figure out how you're going to make these dreams and goals come true? If you would have gotten into a DeLorean and went back you know, 10, 20 <laughs> years ago and showed them the technology we have, they'd be ecstatic. <laughs> yeah, completely. Right. So it's think of the wave of change as something that's a good thing and we'll tie it back to Hawaii and you got to surf that wave. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just it. get overwhelmed and wipe out. <laughs> I love it. So building off of that, you know, putting on your future hat, you know, going into the forward, what do you expect to see within the next kind of five years, um, you know, for the accounting, uh, for accounting firms and, and really the industry as a whole? You know, that's, I'm pausing because uh, we used to, when we do, so the way our consultant works is we used to tell people, tell me where you want to be three to five years from now. And that creates that vision. And we help create that clarity. Here's all the, all the steps that you need to take and the roadmap to get you there. And about five years ago, we actually changed that. And now we only ask, tell me where you want to be two to three years from now. And that's because I fundamentally believe, and I still believe today, that technology is accelerating so quickly right now that even for me, I can't tell you where we're going to be in five years. It's going to be so fundamentally different. So currently, if you, if you, you ask the two to three years, I would say we're going to see artificial intelligence a lot more embedded within what we're doing. Uh, same concept of glass full. It's not going to replace us as accountants and financial planners. It's going to help augment us and really kind of give us the additional power that we need to analyze and look at all of these different factors and the data that we're working with. So I think that's a big piece. The other side of it is that as we have more things move to electronic. And I think of this as one of the benefits of the pandemic that we see a lot more um, digital adopted that we now are gonna have access to more data. So those two go hand in hand, more access to data, more ability to work with that data and determine analysis, which means that in the future, the accountant really needs to focus on driving insights and an insight, not just analysis, but the insight says based analysis, what are the key things to focus on that I can either change, whether it's a good change or it's a bad change, good changes I wanna accelerate and I wanna have happen more, bad changes I wanna stop and I wanna remediate. What is the insight? Here's the things that are good, keep doing this. Here's the things that are bad, let's figure out how to fix them. And then period, whether it's the next month, the next year, let's revisit that and continue going on. So really, I think to deal with a lot of this and where we're gonna in the future, the whole critical thinking and the ability to actually understand analysis and then draw in and figure out what are the insights to help make this person, this family, this business be more successful. That's where we're going to be going. I love it. I love it. So get on, uh, get on that surfboard, get ready to ride that technological, technological wave here. 
uh, so you can provide insights to, to your clients and their businesses. Uh, Donnie, this was great. We really appreciate you coming on uh, and speaking about accounting technology and the profession's future. Uh, it's pretty exciting what you guys are doing over the Center for Accounting Transformation. What's the, the best way our audience can get in contact with you and your organizations? Uh, easier to email me. Uh, my email is Donnie at enterprise.us. So Donnie, D-O-N-N-Y at I-N-T-R-A-P-R-I-S-E dot U-S. And then our site is our action for everyone, improvetheworld.net. I love it. I love it. We'll list all the information there in the show notes. Thank you again, Donnie, for coming on the show. And we hope to have you on again in the future. All opinions expressed by Rob Santos and Rory Henry on this website podcast interview are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Arrowroot Family Office, LLC, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by anyone as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of their opinions. Past performance is not indicative of future results.